and welcome to impure rethought hi dimitri is currently rubbing his face on my microphone and there's nothing i can do about that but welcome to our podcast welcome what's our podcast about uh well first i think we should say our names oh yeah i guess that's true my name is victoria aka vika my name is may Hi, people oh sorry Oh, that's I, that was all I was going to... Don't eat my pop filter. Stop. <laughs> oh my god, did he fully just bite it? Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for anything that you just heard. And he just, like, looked at you, like, so offended. Yeah. He's like, why can't I eat this? He's trying it again. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, I have to go get his um, edamame. Oh, yes. His favorite snack. For... For anybody that doesn't know, we're going to go on a tangent here right at right at the top of the episode. <laughs> um, Dimitri's favorite toy in the world is edamame. He doesn't like to eat it, but he wants me to throw it so that um, we can play fetch with it. And I ordered some today uh, because I had a traumatic experience yesterday. And he's like fully, it's awoken the beast. <laughs> All right, I have the edamame at my desk. Let's see if this helps. <laughs> he loves it so much. It's so cute. <laughs> he does. <laughs> okay, anyways, my name is Victoria A.K. Vika, and your name is May. Yes, it is. And this is Impure Rethought, a podcast about how purity, patriarchy, and profit shape our culture. Yep, I second all of that. If you are so inclined, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ImpureRethought, or you can email us at ImpureRethoughtPod, no, just ImpureRethought at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah? I think so. That's our email yeah. address. Yeah. It's in our Instagram. I just looked anyway, at it so. earlier today. Okay, <laughs> yeah, true. A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So, he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. Where did you get this pure thought and impure thought business? Who are you to decide what is pure and impure? This is the way life is made. There's nothing pure, there's nothing impure. Life is just the way it is. It's for you. A culture that is obsessed with and prioritizes a separation from and control of natural human desire. We're recording like on a different day than we usually record and it's late and also um, I had I had a day yesterday so where basically like I was on the subway and I all of a sudden people came like flooding in from the other cars and we're like, everybody needs to get off the train right now. And I thought that there was a shooter and we were all just like running out of the subway to the exit. And it turns out that it wasn't a shooter, but somebody was stabbed. And I guess like he's okay. The guy is fine. That's good. Who was attacked. Um, I think they said he has a small cut on his back, but just like the sheer chaos and panic of like, running out of the subway station and looking for the shooter like I remember I was talking to my therapist about this earlier like I remember on the platform being like have I been shot and I haven't noticed it yet because I'm too full of adrenaline yeah whoa it was really scary yeah that's Um, crazy 
a true new york experience i guess i mean (laughs) i don't it's just like a true i don't like i don't feel like that's something that commonly happens in new york (laughs) no but um i it was crazy anyways so if we're a little like uh loose today that is why yeah i feel like in a weird mood recording at this time on this day same it's just like yeah we usually like, record in the morning yeah we usually and it's record like, 7 PM like right now <laughs> we usually record at church like, time church time yeah <laughs> yeah every other week yeah but now it's, it's like youth brand. group time <laughs> yeah so i guess we'll just start this topic continue our weird mood into (laughs) the topic of the day i'm currently scratching myself with an edamame bean so you know that's where we're at so initially i was going to talk about creationism versus environmentalism um for this episode Mm. but as yeah it's a really really big topic and i was getting so overwhelmed and i just kept putting off my research because it was like too big (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) okay and so as um i am wont to do i went in a different direction slightly um just a little bit i'm excited yeah just a little more specific but also a little more broad (laughs) anyway i'll just tell you what it is Okay. Um, so I'm just mostly focusing on creation myths in general. Okay. Um, and Ooh, of course, interesting. like mainly the Genesis creation myth, um, because that's one what I know, and two what this podcast is about mostly. <laughs> yeah. But true. um, we'll go through a couple other creation myths also. Um, and basically like. What I want to talk about with them is, like, how creation myths um, that we believe in, different cultures believe in, inform how we approach the world. So Mm, That's so interesting. Yeah. I'm very excited. So, we'll just dive right in. Um, Yay! (laughs) uh, So, first, um, do you know, like, could you define, like, creationism? Um, creationism, I would define, like, if we're talking about it from the specifically Christian standpoint that I understand, is the belief that God created the world in seven days. It's like a very literal reading of the book of Genesis, um, and that evolution isn't real because of what's in Genesis, I remember the okay, so I have a story about creationism <laughs> Ooh, because yes. I, I I think I know which story this is and I have a perfect okay. spot for it. <laughs> in oh, just okay. A minute. I'll wait. I'll wait for it. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. That's um, okay. But I did actually also something else I was thinking about. The last book that I wrote actually it wasn't the last book that I wrote, second to last book that I wrote. I wrote a creation myth for that book. Yeah, I wrote a creation myth. So this is something that like I've done research into and I've like thought about before. Um, So I'm really excited for this episode because I did like a lot of work on it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, You probably know more than I do (laughs) about it. I mean, Um, it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so creationism, basically, it broadly is someone who believes in a transcendent creator 
um, who's involved with their creation. So, for example, the God that evangelical Christians believe in, who answers prayers and can intervene and can and will (laughs) intervene as necessary. Um, So, I don't know. Most religions believe in like a God, not all, but Mm -hmm. a lot of them and most of them have some kind of creation myth. So, Mm. I don't know. The believers of most religions would probably be considered creationists. I mean, that's like the central thing that a li- that religion seeks to address, right? Where did we come from? Why are we here? And what happens after we die? Yeah. Those are like this three basic questions of religion. Yeah. Most religions. <laughs> three questions that we will literally never have an answer to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So more specifically, like... The creationism that you were talking about is like young earth creationists who believe uh, that the Bible is to be interpreted or that Genesis is to be interpreted strictly literally, Mm -hmm. Um, meaning that the world was created in six 24-hour days um, and Mm -hmm. then the seventh day is God resting. Um, And that puts the earth... At, like, somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 years old only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when scientists um, have evidence for it being, like, billions of years old. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that your <laughs> story yes, is Yes, this related. is where my story is. Because in the high school that we went to, they taught us theistic evolution, so I think if I'm recalling correctly from our textbook, the date, the age that they had the Earth at was like 4,000 years old. So, that is so wild. Even younger yeah. than like my youngest estimate here. Right? And like the thing that really gets me is like we have recorded history that's older than 4,000 years old. Like it's ancient, but it's there. Anyways, and so I remember very clearly the moment that this kind of dawned on me because I was in college and I was taking a class called Physical Geology because it counted for both a science and a math credit. That was to this day the hardest class I've ever taken in my life. Um, chemistry is close on its tail, but but physical geology mm, was much chemistry. harder. Oh, cannot relate. Um <laughs> And we had uh, eye clickers, like a, like a little remote thing that they used to take attendance because I, I was in a big lecture. And one of the, like on the first day, the attendance question was like, how old is the earth? And it was like 5,000 years, six, whatever the real age is, like 6 billion or something or 7 billion. And then some other random number. And like without thinking, I pressed like 5,000 and then the professor was like actually it's this and like all of the professors at the school that I went to were research scientists because it was a research university so like everybody who was teaching there was also doing research and I was just like I had this moment I remember this so clearly I was just like oh my god like they lied to me like (laughs) like they taught me that the earth was 4,000 years old and that is just straight up not true (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) oh my god isn't that wild that is wild. I've t- this has come up in therapy multiple times. I bet. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, that moment that you realize <laughs> your whole life is a lie. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was young earth creationism that they taught us. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Young Earth creationists don't believe in evolution, like you said. Um, Instead, they believe all plants and animals were created at the same time um, within those six days. Um, And obviously, like, logically, six days just isn't enough time for evolution to occur. Not that we're, like, uh, not that we're accusing them of being logical, but, (laughs) you know. (laughs) True. It's so strange to me because, like, if you know anything at all about science and about, like, genes, like, it's really not, like, it's, you you ever go to a zoo and you, like, look at a chimpanzee or something you're like, damn, that's my cousin for real. Yes, it's a wild. (laughs) Uh, Their main argument tends to be that a bulk of the scientific evidence we have that outlines the history of the earth has just been interpreted incorrectly. Um, interesting take. <laughs> and yeah. uh, many of them either don't believe in dinosaurs or believe dinosaurs lived at the same time as humans. I remember personally in high school being so conflicted about dinosaurs because I grew up obsessed <laughs> with them. And then I got to high yeah. school and <laughs> was like, well, but if the earth is like 4,000 years old or whatever. I never gave that a ton of thought, but in regards to dinosaurs, I did. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, you were just like, I'm not ready only... to let this go. <laughs> yeah, if the earth is only this old, like, where do dinosaurs fit in? I'm sorry, but doesn't track for me. <laughs> um, I remember uh, my grandpa gave me a megalodon tooth one time. Wow. And then, and like, I still have it somewhere. And it's this, like, giant tooth. And I was just, like, I remember being in high school and being, like, maybe this was just from a really big shark because megalodons <laughs> couldn't have existed. <clears throat> I mean, essentially, a really big shark. True. Uh, certainly <laughs> a shark ancestor. Yeah. Um, wow. I love ancient giant fish. Anyway, <laughs> not the topic of our episode. I not want to come face-to-face with one, but I do really like Atlantis, so... Yes, true. Yeah, I feel like a megalodon is probably um, more aggressive than, like, our sharks that we have today, who, like, are not interested in eating us, for the record. I'm a shark apologist. (laughs) (laughs) um, But I do feel like megalodons would probably be like, yum. What a little nice hors (laughs) d'oeuvre. Yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) on the flip side, from young Earth creationists are old Earth creationists, and they interpret the early chapters of the Bible less literally and do believe the scientific evidence dating the Earth at several billion years old. Um, Some of them believe in evolution, others don't. Some are somewhere in between and believe in the evolution of all creatures other than humans. Um, Personally, that was kind of my stance in high school I think like kind of mm-hmm. the conclusion I came to um I would say that the old earth stance is the more common but that's like anecdotal I couldn't really find much data on that yeah I'm sure it's out there I just uh honestly didn't try that hard to find it <laughs> but I honestly like the way I feel about religion in general and all kind of like religious theories is kind of like the way I feel about ghosts. Like, I don't believe in it, but I don't not believe in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody needs to present me with some evidence and, and then I'll reconsider my stance. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep living my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel about evolution. 
Mm. Also, I like the Natural History Museum. So, yes. you know, if you we if spent you such a long time me, in there, <laughs> we did. It was so cool. I love the Natural History Museum, and in the London Natural History Museum, I was in there for like four or five hours. Amazing, looking at their volcano stuff. Yeah, we fully only left because we got really hungry, but we were like, <laughs> yeah, I guess true. we have to leave to go get food. <laughs> like, I want to look at all the skeletons. Anyway, what I'm saying <laughs> is, like, if somebody presented me with some evidence that like God created the world and evolution, I wouldn't say no. That's just yeah. not where my current sources are pointing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. <laughs> Open to it. It's a good place yeah. to be, I think. I think we, or I'm pretty sure we learned this term in high school, but do you remember what intelligent design is? Yes. Oh my god. My biology needs to come back to me. Intelligent design is like the idea that like God created the world to function as it does right and Mm -hmm. like he kind of he kind of created stuff and then like let it go from there Mm. or is that wrong kind of i think that um i haven't thought about this word since i was 14 yeah no valid (laughs) i hadn't really either but um i think that that like that idea that god created the world and then just kind of let it do its thing and is not like intervening anymore oh, is a different like a belief deist. Yeah. yeah that's deism but intelligent design is like god like everything on the earth is like put here by god's design mm-hmm. okay. yeah yeah that's pretty much it so it kind of encapsulates like a wide range of beliefs but namely that scientific findings point to an intelligent intentional plan for all life on earth Um, Both young earth and old earth creationists can believe in intelligent design, but it kind of takes a level of trust in the scientific community that young earth creationists tend not to have. So they're just (laughs) less likely to, yeah, (laughs) Um, less likely to believe in that. Um, The old earth creationists who believe in evolution often see that as evidence of intelligent design. Um that the way things evolved can only be explained by the guiding hand of a creator. Also, definitely where I where I fell in high school and college. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. That's where I fell in high school and college, but now I'm like, mm, things turn into crabs too much <laughs> for it to be on purpose. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Do you know about carcinization? Like, a bunch of things, like, independently evolve into crabs. I think I have heard that, and I love it. As a cancer, yeah. I feel seen, you know? <laughs> True, it is almost your birthday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, like, um, where I fell in high school and college. I always kind of thought, like, not believing in evolution was wild because of the overwhelming evidence for it. And also, like, mm-hmm. I grew up not very religious and in a definitely not religious elementary school um i actually remember like my first science class at monta vista in seventh Mm -hmm. grade where they told me that evolution didn't exist and i was like what's this crap school like what is this (laughs) (laughs) they don't know like the science teacher doesn't believe in evolution like like, how is that allowed (laughs) yeah yeah it was like very wild to me but yeah anyway later I like kind of you know reconciled the two but still thought it was like insane to not believe in evolution 
I mean, it is pretty insane. It is. The older I I get, I still like think that. (laughs) Yeah, the older I get, and the more that I read, I'm like, wow, some there's some really like deep delusion going. And I think the thing that really gets me about it is like it's not that hard to reconcile evolution with the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like it's not. There's a lot of things in the Bible that we don't interpret literally. So creationism seems like a weird hill to die on. Yeah. I know I this was one of the things that I would have gotten into if I had like stuck with my original topic is like yeah Darwinism like or when Darwin Mm. like made his theory of evolution um like Christians really saw it as a threat um and there was like you know I've listened to a podcast about it I don't remember all the details but Super interesting. We should probably do that <laughs> as an episode yeah, probably. sometime, but this just felt too big. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, oh, I meant to talk about also, uh, I meant to say this like at the top of the episode, but um, since the since Genesis, the book of Genesis is in both the Bible and the Torah, um, the creation story um, that Christians believe is, like, pretty similar, like, pretty much the same as American Jews. Well, Jews, I guess, not just American. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, there's, like, lots of interpretation differences. Um, yeah. And. Uh, yeah. So that's what this bullet point is about. Which is what reminded me. And I was like, oh, I haven't uh, talked about this at all. Really, really in a weird mood today. But anyway. Yeah. um, Some American Jews reject the term intelligent design um, because they see it as an attempt to bring Christianity into public schools. So. Well, well, not like that's happening thanks to the supreme court or anything r.i.p it's literally like uh, so horrifying i'm like so scared for the future right now which is not i don't know (laughs) i'm used to being like really optimistic and like the last few years have just really challenged that (laughs) i'm I'm just like i'm i'm in a place where i like don't really know how to feel because Mm -hmm. i'm just like i think i think that i personally will be fine Mm -hmm. um unless i get shot in public which i had the pleasure of experiencing the fear of last night in by the way the subway station for 81st street museum of natural history where on the walls they have the extinct animal in mosaic in like a shadow and then the the descendant in color in mosaic on the wall so just a lot of things happening (laughs) for this episode yeah but anyways i was like yeah like i think i personally will be fine but i'm alarmed i'm very alarmed and it is like and also like we are being stripped of our rights like federally which we're allowed to be upset about even though we operate with like a large amount of privilege in the world mm-hmm. well that's crazy yeah um, what a week what a week for, for truly for people listening we're recording this like what like two days after the supreme court decision to overturn roe versus wade was leaked yeah it was last um, friday and all and of today is monday so that's where we're yeah. at 
<laughs> in the past. And all of the other Supreme Court decisions, too, like taking away the Miranda rights, and he mm-hmm. said they're coming for Obergefell next, so it's just like, it's a very scary time to be in America. Yeah, who knows what's happened uh, two weeks from now when we release this. Uh, but yeah. Nothing good, probably. Probably not. Because <laughs> our president can't just get it together and do literally anything about it. Anyway. For real. <laughs> um... <laughs> Back to creation myths. To the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Their entry on creationism says that Christian creationists share these four beliefs. Um, One, that only a short time has lapsed since the beginning of everything. Two, that there are six days of creation, although there's debate around how to interpret the length of each day. Um, Three, all life was miraculously created. And four... Other biblical events, such as the Great Flood and the Tower of Babel, literally happened and explained some aspect of how the world is today. Um, mm. I feel like, <laughs> and not to be like the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy is wrong, but I feel like <laughs> <laughs> they pretty much ignore the existence of old Earth creationists, which is why I didn't really mm. like base my whole discussion on creationists around their definition, but um, I do think that they made some interesting points. Uh, But anyway, just thought it was, like, important to share those. (laughs) I think what's interesting to me about the idea of creation taking place in six days is, like, a day before the invention of the clock was not necessarily 24 hours it was just like when the sun came up and when the sun went down yeah so that's very true that's what i think about a lot that's very true and then in each like section it goes like and the sun rose and the sun set yeah the first day (laughs) or whatever yeah that's what a day is yeah basically whatever way you spin it if you're an old earth creationist or a new earth creationist genesis outlines a pretty typical creation myth for religion so let's just Mm -hmm. walk through it great (laughs) so day one um the very first couple verses of the bible say in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Um, I felt like I just had to read those. I'm not going to read, like, the whole creation story (laughs) Um, verses, but it felt like I didn't know how to put those into my own words, (laughs) because they're very, like, (laughs) very specific. The Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters, okay. (laughs) I'm like, what are these waters? What is this? Reminds me of the Chronicles of Narnia. Does it? Have you ever, so there is, like, a prequel called The Magician's Nephew. Mm, I have read that. Do I remember anything about it? Not really. (laughs) I, I don't remember that much about it, but I remember they, like, go into these different trees, and, like, all of the trees have, like, different worlds in them, but they're all at, like, the beginning phases, and one of the worlds just has, like, water in it. Yeah, and that's, that's probably... what it always reminds me of. Yeah, that probably I is mean, what it is supposed to be. C.S. Lewis, notable Christian. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to set the scene on day one, we have darkness and we have waters, and that's pretty much it. Until God says, let right. there be light, and 
Sounds terrifying. Yeah. And creates a day and night. Um, God's like me creating my Minecraft world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He's just building the world in Minecraft. If we believe in intelligent design, like Minecraft is part of God's creation, right? It's actually my destiny to play Minecraft. It's it's God's purpose for me <laughs> to God's play Minecraft. God's will for your life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love that for you. Have a great time fulfilling your destiny. I'm um, I'm actually when I'm when I'm in creative mode in Minecraft, I'm um, acting in God's image. <laughs> That's so true. Crucially, I think, verse 4 says, and God saw that the light was good. Um, This is the first ever example in the Bible of moral goodness or the dichotomy Mm. between good and evil. Interesting. Um, Not good isn't mentioned until later, and we'll go over that. But but these first few days, things are only good, and God sees that they're good. Anyway. Gotcha. Um... So that's day one. Day two, God separates the waters. Um, What did I write here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God separates the waters on earth from the waters in the sky, basically forming the atmosphere. Um, I was like, waters in the sky? (laughs) Like clouds? Like, what is this? But... uh, like in Moses's time, Moses is traditionally considered the author of Genesis. People believed that like beyond the sky, like space was just water. Interesting. Yeah. Which to me, <laughs> I don't know. It's always like these little cultural things at the time, like cru- like what am I trying to say? These little cultural <laughs> things that kind of take yeah. me out of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. this really is just like a creation myth it's not like yeah it's not a like a story the real... that you tell around the campfire yeah because like i don't know i would think that if god really dictated this to moses he would have been like mm-hmm. he would have told this is the him... atmosphere yeah <laughs> he would have like told him how it is moses, and then is moses the, would be like this is the ozone layer <laughs> yeah <laughs> he'd be like isn't the isn't like what's behind the sky just water and god's like no what are you talking about (laughs) write this down word for word moses listen to me yeah um true yeah so i don't know just really takes me out of it anyway that's day two (laughs) day three okay uh god gathers the waters under the sky to form dry land and seas in other words the earth and Mm. god sees that this is good too God also creates plants, and the plants grow all over the earth, producing vegetation, seeds, and fruit. And God also sees that this is good. And that's day three. Day four. Love that for him. What? I said love that for him. Yeah. <laughs> he just <laughs> loves what he's making, having a great time. Yeah. Again, me and my <laughs> Me and God, basically the same. <laughs> you finish something, you're like... I see it. It's good. Uh, Day four, God puts lights in the heavens, um, a.k.a. the stars, to separate day from night and to serve as signs of days, years, and seasons, which in this context, seasons refers to sacred times. Mm, Um, Interesting. Yeah. God creates a greater light to rule the day, 
and a lesser light to rule the night. Um, this day of creation is really important uh, because at the time that Genesis was written, there was a widespread belief belief that stars, comets, and the sun were themselves divine. So mm. by God creating them himself, he's kind of doing away with that belief. Like, mm. no, they're my creation, so they can't also be God's, you know? Yeah. And naturally, God sees that this day's creation is also good. Day five, God creates fish and birds and sees that they are good. Then God blesses them, telling them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the season and let birds multiply on the earth. Day six, God creates land animals and sees that they are good. Then God says, (laughs) (laughs) let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. (laughs) I really love that last part. (laughs) Every creeping creeping thing that creeps over the earth. Really descriptive. Um, All I can see is a spider. Anyway. Yeah, same. (laughs) And uh, we definitely don't have dominion over them. No. Yeah, just earlier today, a spider fully had dominion over me. I was terrified. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm so so sorry. Fenway like knocked all the books off this one shelf. (laughs) She likes to sleep behind them. Um, And I was picking them up and a spider crawled out from under one of them. It was awful. (gasps) Horrifying. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. Thank you. So day six, verse 27 here says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And this time, God sees that it is very good. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, big. (laughs) And on day seven, God rests, which is where the Sabbath tradition comes from. Um, Yeah, I think God should have given us a three-day weekend. (laughs) So true. (laughs) I know. Why don't we just have like a 10-day week and (laughs) four days of weekend? Like, that sounds perfect to me. Um, Actually, I would like a two-day week and a 10-day weekend. That does sound more ideal. Yeah, I don't want to (laughs) work six days in a row. (laughs) True. Um, Genesis chap- chapter, <laughs> chapter, <laughs> chapter two, <laughs> verse three says, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And that's our basic creation myth. Um, the next section okay. goes into more detail about the creation of man and woman, uh, which we'll get into, but does anything stand out to you right now that you want to talk about? I like that God said that we have dominion over the fish because I definitely do not feel any kind of dominion over fish. <laughs> um, but now you do because large God said fish. It. <clears throat> if anything, I feel much less dominion over fish because God said it. <laughs> That's fair. <terrible. laughs> um, Sorry, God. We don't I mean, trust you. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more like it's more like. If God created me and he told me I have dominion over fish, but then he also gave fish and the ocean in which I almost drowned the power to kill me very easily, then I don't know that I really trust that. Sorry, God. Like, I've seen an orca and I've seen a whale and I just, I'm much smaller than them. Have you actually, like, seen an orca in real life? 
I've seen, uh, I've been, I've been to SeaWorld, which is okay. very controversial, but and I have seen an orca when SeaWorld had orcas. True, I have um, to cancel us, I, I guess. haven't seen, well, I was very young yeah, me and too. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I have seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of whales in the wild because our hometown where we're from is on the humpback migration pattern. So yeah, we've obviously seen whales and a lot of dolphins and stuff. And like, I've been in the water with dolphins and whales and sharks even, um, but I have never seen an orca out in the wild but i have like seen one in real life but also like i don't know i've seen pictures of like giant things coming from the deep sea i don't trust the deep sea is what i'm trying to say Mm, and i don't trust anybody that created the deep sea (laughs) so you're like what business had you to do this yeah (laughs) yeah that's fair um i love the deep sea but i don't really want to go there also like yeah i would be crushed so True. I feel about the deep sea the way that I feel about many things, um, particularly <laughs> about spiders. Like my, I would say like a like a general life philosophy that I have is like, I respect you, do your business, and I don't want any part of it. Like you, you stay good, where you are, and I'll stay where I am. It's a good life philosophy. I think. I feel like yeah. Honestly, our world would be so much better. Our country for sure would be better if everyone had that philosophy. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm very familiar with that creation myth because it's like the one that we were brought up on. Mm-hmm. So nothing like nothing super new stands out to me because I had veggie tales. So <laughs> I kind of like am already familiar with it. Yeah. But I'm really excited to hear the other research that you have. Yes. Um, yeah, so we'll get into the creation of man and woman. I found some really, really, I'm really excited about this. Um, okay, it yay. like blew my mind a little, and I'm hoping that you haven't heard this before. So, okay, um, okay, so this is the first time that God sees something amiss in creation. Um, after having Adam, the first man, name every living creature, God puts him into the Garden of Eden to live and farm, but then says, mm-hmm. "It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him." I just thought it was interesting that that's the first, like, not good. Just wanted to point it yeah. out. Anyway, not a huge point, but... Um, but I think I think it is, though, because it's not good that man should live alone, which is, like, fundamentally, like, anti-individualist. That's true, and American Christians, notoriously, extremely individualist. Yeah, although they do have some of the strongest communities. I've misguided communities, but strong communities. Yeah, but they would not call themselves communal. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, so God puts Adam to sleep, takes out one of his ribs, and forms Eve, the first woman, out of the rib. Mm -hmm. So that's the version we grew up hearing, but it might Mm -hmm. not actually be the most accurate translation. Oh, okay. Um... Do you know the Hebrew word used in this section that's been translated into man? No. Um, it's actually Adam, or Adam, technically. Oh, um, okay. So, Adam is the Hebrew word for human being, and it's actually a gender-neutral word. Oh, interesting. Um, how, if at all, does that change the story for you? God made Adam in his image, but as we've talked about before, Hebrew has no gender neutral pronoun, and 
what you're saying is the word translated from Hebrew is Adam, which just means human being. So it's not necessarily Adam. So it could have been anybody or even like a genderless person. So it's not necessarily that like the woman is Adam's helper, but just that there is another human helping. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's I so know. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Yeah, me neither. So an ancient rabbi argues in the Genesis Rabbah, which was probably written between 300 and 500 CE, um, and is mm-hmm. like a uh, Jewish exegesis, mm. um, just like a study of Jewish texts. Gotcha. In that, an ancient rabbi argues that Adam is actually intersex, Mm. which of course can mean a lot of things, but in this context means that Adam is both male and female. I mean, that would make sense to me if God created him or them in his image. Like, yeah, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. So it hinges on Genesis 1.27, which is... The one that I read earlier, we'll read it again, but the pronouns used in that verse refer to the first human as oto, meaning it, Mm. and otam, meaning them. Mm. And the idea is that them in that verse is actually the singular them. Mm. So we're going to read the verse again, this time replacing some of the traditional Christian translation with these retranslations of the Hebrew. Okay, I'm excited. Um. For the record, I'm not getting into God's pronouns here. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. I'm just sticking with he because it's easier. Yeah. Um, but don't read into it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so God created Adam in his own image. In the image of God, he created it. Male and female, he created them. So wow. does anything stand out to you now about that verse? I mean, kind of what I was saying before in that like, it does seem like God was creating a person in his image and that his image is like both, I'm referring to biological sex, male and female. And mm-hmm. like, and again, like knowing that what immediately follows after that is like humans shouldn't be alone. Like, I feel like we were always, that was always used to establish, like, another, like, sort of submissive thing is, like, the woman was created to help Adam, but it's, mm-hmm. like, not necessarily, like, that's a, that's a willful interpretation, I feel like, if we have all this translation available. Mm-hmm. Totally. So the key to this, to me, is the last line, which says, God created Adam male and female. Mm. It kind of blew my mind to, like, read it that way because yeah. I always read male and female. He created them as, like, them as plural, Yeah, male and female being Adam and Eve, but it's just male and female he created them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, like, wild to me. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, yeah. Another retranslation that supports this is... Um, the translation of the word or the word that they have traditionally translated into rib Mm. um the part of adam that god removed to create eve um it would be more accurate accurately translated as side according to another ancient rabbi in the same text so basically we're picturing like 
a human with like both a male and female side yeah and like he essentially god essentially like just separates them Mm. from being one being yeah that's so interesting yeah i had no idea about that do you have any other like thoughts that you want to share on this I was, like, really thinking about it for a long time. I mean, I'm interested to hear what you think about it, because I feel like, I mean, I'm just kind of still processing, like, I just didn't know that, and it's really, like, I don't know, it's interesting to think that the way that we interpret gender essentialism might not even be true at all, but since you've Mm -hmm. had more time to think about it, I'm interested to know what you think. Yeah, it's just, like, wild to me, I guess, that this one of the most widely known sections of the bible is so maybe like possibly wildly mistranslated Mm -hmm. it sounds like it is yeah um i'm not a hebrew scholar but like these ancient rabbis were and they're ancient like we've no like we've had this proof for such a long time true and christianity just continues with its incorrect translation it's just like well it's very frustrating to me (laughs) I guess it also kind of blew my mind that an ancient rabbi would even make that argument Mm -hmm. about, like, Adam being intersex. They used a different word, Mm -hmm. but, um, well, I remember, I don't know. I mean, it's just, like, further proof that, like, intersex people have always existed, Yeah, you know, and it's very cool, I guess, if the very first person was intersex. Yeah a very overlooked group of people yeah totally and i remember when i was doing my um research into financial suffrage for our episode on mlms like i remember reading about how um jewish women traditionally had a lot more rights than chris than christian women did and like i wonder if that has Mm. something to do with it with the jewish interpretation of the creation myth i mean that's just speculation but i wonder yeah i mean it would make sense Mm -hmm. and like especially if i don't know ancient rabbis so far back are making this argument already like it seems like they would only progress yeah (laughs) so yeah um so now we get into the christian creation myths explanation of where morality comes from oh great um also known as the fall (laughs) lovely can't wait to talk about this one (laughs) It's really something, yeah. I mean, you know the story, but we'll I go over sure it. sure do. <laughs> um, I skipped over this section um, in, like, the overall creation myth, but basically, before God creates Eve, God tells Adam, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die the bible is written uh so clunky (laughs) but anyway after eve comes into the picture the serpent goes to eve and convinces her to try some of the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and she gives some of its fruit to adam too side note both modern jewish and christian interpretations of this have identified the serpent with satan Mm. but um Jewish scholars say Satan was introduced to Judaism comparatively late, mm, so interesting. it might not be Satan. Anyway, up for debate. To me, not, like, the most important thing, but I thought it was an interesting little, like, yeah. tidbit. So the first thing that Adam and Eve experience after eating the forbidden fruit is shame. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they immediately notice that they're naked and they soy lo- soy. <laughs> they sew loincloths out of fig leaves to cover themselves up. Um, when God discovers what they've done, God curses all three of them, the serpent included, and their offspring forever. <laughs> it feels like an overreaction, but, yeah. you know, who am I to question God, I guess. Their curses are this. The serpent is cursed to crawl on his belly forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve is cursed with painful childbirth, and God also tells her, your desire shall be contrary to or shall be toward is like a different translation of that yeah what they're both noted in like on biblegateway.com <laughs> nice and i'm like these feel contradictory to me but whatever okay anyway your desire shall be contrary to or shall be toward your husband but he shall rule over you we'll get into it okay um god curses adam by cursing the ground with thistles and st- and thorns mm. And this is a curse particularly for Adam because his very first job after creation um, was to work the ground. That seems... So basically God's just like making it harder. That seems like an unfair punishment to painful childbirth, but who am I? Yeah. Who am I to challenge God? Agreed. (laughs) Um, And then God also curses all of them with mortality and banishes them from the garden. Um, God has an authoritative parenting style which authoritarian parenting style which is actually how you alienate your children so just wanted so true just maybe that explains us want him to take some notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so the curse on eve that her sh- her desire shall be contrary to or toward her husband but he shall rule over her what do you think it means I mean, the way that we were taught what it means was kind of like, you will desire independence and you will desire, like, quote unquote, worldly things, but like, your husband... A.K.A. feminism. A.K.A. feminism, A.K.A. like, voting rights and the rights to have sex and not get pregnant um and like make your own career decisions really like terrifying stuff when you think about it um women being in charge of their lives <laughs> and yeah truly disgusting which honestly. is really like the, I, re- I remember this being really confusing to me when I was younger and like we were like in the evangelical church because I was like well if we were made like literally made from Adam's rib to serve men then why would it be a punishment to have them rule over us like yeah those two things seemed to go against each other to me um and I still feel that way and I feel like yeah it it seems like an odd and unfair punishment um especially when you consider that Eve was manipulated and it's kind of like she gets all of the punishment for being the person that was manipulated for like bringing evil when like um the tree was in the garden so if you didn't want them to eat it take the tree out of the garden and like i don't leave poison around for my cat like i know that's bad (laughs) for him so i like i take the plastic away when he tries to eat it i don't just Mm -hmm. i don't just let him eat it and then be like look what you did um (laughs) (laughs) now you'll learn your lesson yeah after you die yeah <laughs> yeah um how do you feel about actually, it what was my thought? 
much the same. Yeah. I felt really weird about it, too, when we were younger and, like, learning this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just mostly, like, I don't know. I feel like we grew up in, like, the girl power generation, you know? Yeah. So it was, like, very weird to me. Um, but anyway... Yeah. Um, there are all kinds of conflicting ideas on what this means, naturally, mm-hmm. <laughs> like every other verse in the Bible. Um, but one of the more wild ones I found <laughs> um, was this guy on a Mormon oh God. Like, Can't blog okay. or whatever. He argued that it should be viewed as a blessing instead of a curse um, because the keyword is desire. Um, so basically God was blessing her with a desire for Adam and he's like how wonderful that you would be blessed with a desire for your husband and it's like sir this is a list of curses literally (laughs) (laughs) like what is this argument (laughs) make it make sense anyway so that one was wild yeah like that's a take it truly um, is (laughs) Another idea is what you were saying, um, that Eve's desire would be to subvert her husband's authority, um, but he would rule over her anyway. Uh, That one seems like an accurate interpretation to me Mm -hmm. of, like, what the verse means, but still um, upsetting. Yeah. (laughs) So, unfortunately, I didn't really find, like, I'm sure they're out there, but I didn't immediately find, like, any mistranslations Mm of this um so i don't know it might be like pretty accurate moses wrote this so like yeah you know his views are all wrapped up in it so yeah (laughs) whatever um uh eve's decision to eat from the tree means all humans are now born into original sin Mm. a phrase i'm sure you've heard i sure have yep um meaning that they can't get into heaven except by the grace of god Mm -hmm. Uh, the first author to use the phrase original sin was augustine of hippo who Mm. lived from 354 to 430 ce catholicism teaches that baptism erases original sin which is why catholics baptize babies so early oh interesting um whereas protestants um who as we talked about are anabaptists yeah don't seem to have a unified understanding of original sin naturally because like there are a billion protestant sects also that all believe different things yeah at least anecdotally like it seems to be one of the toughest theories for people to reconcile i know it was for me Mm -hmm. um like if we believe like if you believe we each have to accept god consciously like what do you do when a child too young to have done so dies yeah um i just watched uh the witch oh or witch. yeah the vivitch um, yeah <laughs> and uh That's they talk movie. about that in that movie too mm-hmm. uh and i was like it was very very depressing in that movie yeah it was it's a depressing idea i don't know it's but like a depressing movie <laughs> But it's really so I was very upset by it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I like a really wrapped up ending. Yeah. <laughs> personally. Um, oh, yeah. That's but no, definitely it was not really good. Witch. I saw that movie in theaters. 
I was very proud of myself. I was like, yeah, brave. Yeah, I did have a nightmare later that night because I'm a wimp. (laughs) Yeah, but um, but like I would watch it again. It would be fine. Yeah, I think that I would be interested to watch it again because it's one of those movies where like I feel like I missed things. Yeah, I feel like there would be more upon second viewing. But also, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it is. It's depressing. It's depressing to think it about, is. like, why would I believe in a religion that condemns children to hell who don't know any better? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, Martin Luther and John Calvin, mm. enemies of the pot. Our two favorite guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, both Protestant reformers taught that original sin persisted even after baptism Mm. and involved a loss of free will to do anything except sin great have you ever so i'm like i don't know what their like solution is but their solution really is at least john calvin's is like predestination so he's like well some of us are getting into heaven either way so just so happens to include me yeah (laughs) (laughs) some of us especially me (laughs) I'm not sure about you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Judaism, on the other hand, doesn't believe in original or inherent sin at all, Mm. which I think is nice. Yeah, same. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) yeah. Um, I remember learning that our original sin um, is passed down through our mothers, not our fathers. Oh. Do you remember learning that? No. I don't remember I remember that. very specifically in Mr. Bryant's class. Oh. About that. And I was like, whoa. I honestly. I, I took it very seriously. And I was like, wow, that Eve was really something else. I honestly you know? probably heard that and was like, doesn't apply to my mom and my dad because I know who they are. Disagree. And <laughs> I just blocked it Fair. out. Of my, I didn't. I honestly didn't pay a ton of attention to Mr. Bryant's clause because he told us some That's for the best crazy things. Yeah, Mr. Bryant was that our was a... Bible teacher. Yeah, by one the way, of them. yeah, he was the apologetics teacher. Yes, um, God, I can't believe they made so... us take apologetics class. <clears throat> oh, I can, but yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I totally can believe it, but I can't believe that was like allowed in a state accredited institution. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, in California, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. In it's awful. in central, like northern California, it's yeah. so weird. We weren't even in the religious part of California or anything. I had a like. A Hebrew word in here mm-hmm. that I asked a friend to help me pronounce and I didn't keep it in my notes for some reason. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, what word was it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was the word that it was the um, the word commonly translated into rib mm. that actually means side. Mm. Um, but the pronunciation, shout out, Sophie, thank you. <laughs> um, Thanks. <laughs> Uh, tell me if I get this wrong, is Selah. Mm. So shout out to that word. Yay, that's a pretty word. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, it is. So to get back to my original topic a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, did anything stand out to you in there as something that might inform how Christians would interact with like the natural world and the environment? Um, That God said that we shall have dominion over all things. I feel like that's a very, like, Christian view of the environment is, like, man Mm -hmm. is in charge of living things. 
which I have opinions on. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me them. I want to hear them. So this is something that, like, I've been thinking about a lot lately. Just, like, I don't know. I've been been listening to a lot of, like, science-oriented podcasts and just, like... Those are the best. Yeah, just, like... If you need more recommendations, I have so many. Oh, I would love some. Because I ran out of podcasts to listen to, so I've, I've been trying to, like, find a new one, which is when I found that one that I told you about where it was two girls <laughs> who were 23, and I was like, your frontal lobes are not developed. Um, but... So it's just like something I've been thinking about because I've been kind of like thinking about science lately um, and like doing like some personal research for things. And also, honestly, I just spend a lot of time on Wikipedia, like a lot. I remember talking to somebody one time and they were just like, how do you know all this stuff? And I was like, I was just on Wikipedia all the time. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I was like, you do that? Academic journal Wikipedia. Yeah. Listen, Wikipedia, peer-reviewed. Wikipedia is yeah. peer reviewed and it has great sources. And if you want to know where Wikipedia sources are, they're all at the bottom. They link everything. They're always at the bottom. Yeah. Wikipedia, I love it. <laughs> Wikipedia is a great, like, it's kind of, well, I mean, it's literally like an encyclopedia where, like, yeah. you just need to go find the sources. But, like, I don't know. I've been looking at genuses. I've been looking at species. I was looking at, like, <laughs> woodland creatures. So I just, I don't know. I've been thinking about, like, nature a lot lately. And um, there's a quote. I don't remember, like, where it's from or who it's by, but there's a quote about, like, nature not being um like evil or good it's just indifferent to you and Mm. um and that's kind of where I fall on it I'm like we don't have dominion over living things we cohabitate with living things and there are certain living things that we've domesticated and made useful to us but it still doesn't like like the fact that I keep my cat alive doesn't necessarily mean that I have dominion over him it's more like I know what's best for him because he's a domesticated cat and he wouldn't survive without me. We depend on each other because let me tell you, this bitch is doing all the heavy <laughs> lifting for my mental health. Um, <laughs> seven years Shout strong. Out to Dimitri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's more like, I mean, I think I think that in Western culture we have a tendency to see things hierarchically, which to me has more mm-hmm. to do with monarchy than it does to do with nature. And I feel like it's something that we apply to nature because it's this, like, structure that we come from and not yeah. necessarily what's actually happening, where what's actually happening to me is is much more, like, dependence and, like, um, intertwinedness, like, colorsofthewind.mp3, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that what stands out to me about the, like, Dominion section... Mm-hmm. is like it just has so much room for such a broad interpretation because like yeah i don't know like different people do different things with power yeah and so like what dominion means to you and me would probably be very different from what it would mean to like i don't know who's a bad person stalin yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hitler, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think like also when you think about like linguistically the the root of dominion, the root of uh domicile, domestic, dom mm. is home. It's dom as home. Yeah. Um and uh, in Russian yeah, I didn't think about that. 
Yeah, in Russian, the word for home is doma. And, like, you think about, like, Greek, the goddess of the hearth is Demeter. And, like, it's all connected to, so, like, when I, and domain, even, like, this is my domain, this is my home. So when I think about dominion, like, it's not necessarily, like, something that I am dominating, but, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. something that is sort of my area that I am making safe and comfortable for people. Mm, Um, Like, kind of more your responsibility than, like, your charge. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And even when you think about the Latin word for God, Domini, it comes from mm-hmm. the same root. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, that's true. Well. Yeah. Anyways. That's so my good. contribution. <laughs> no, that's great. Didn't get like super, super into this, but um, t- I found a couple interesting things. Um, a 2005 Washington Post article. Mm-hmm. called the greening of ev- evangelicals Ooh. talked about the growing share of american evangelical christians who were starting to prioritize environmental issues mm. crunchy um, christians yeah yeah uh, it even quoted a then recent uh christianity today article as saying christians should make it clear to governments and businesses that we are willing to adapt our lifestyles and support steps towards changes that protect our environment does that sound like Christians today to you? <laughs> like evangelicals? I mean, it sounds like a certain part of Christians to me, but not like the ones that are in political power at yeah, all. For sure. I I think about, so when we were younger, we attended a Christian camp called Camp Hammer, which is up in Big Basin. In, did you ever go to Camp Hammer? No, I didn't. <gasps> okay. Uh, well, me and my I sisters went to all went camp. to oh and i wish that i had gone to drama camp i probably would have liked it better but camp hammer is like up in the redwoods and like they would like they would have like science focused activities with us um as well as christian focused activities and i think about Mm. camp hammer a lot because like you know our pastors were these like cool guys and they were wearing beanies and toms and they like (laughs) were stopping coney 2012 and they were like invisible children like and i think about i think about this all the time because i was just like yeah you were like dressed like you were my friend but really you were preaching some very like old school gender roles Mm-hmm. and stuff to me and that's how like get you yeah and that's kind of how i think about a lot of like environmentally focused evangelical christians today where they're like yes we need to protect the earth but not necessarily because we live here like just because god created it and because yeah. we don't care about what happens to the actual people on the earth it's just like we're protecting the religion yeah that's very true mm-hmm and, like, if you believe the earth is temporary and your home is in heaven anyway, then, like, yeah, why would you even care about taking care of the earth? And, like, a step further, if you believe in intelligent design mm-hmm. and you believe that, like, the earth is warming at, like, God's pace or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I remember when I was younger um, hearing a lot of, like anti-global warming things like yeah same um my family was very anti-global warming when i was growing up mm, 
Yeah, it was stuff like, uh, like, we as humans are so small. How could we think that we would have such a big impact on the planet? Mm, like, yeah. it must be God's will for this to be happening. Yeah, I remember thing. that rhetoric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, like, humans have had a lot of impact on the planet, so... Yes. Even before global... Like, we've hunted species to extinction, like... Yeah, we certainly have, but, that like... That disrupted yeah, the again, food chain. like, if you don't trust science anyway, like, you can't trust any of that. That's true. It's, it's wild. It's a big gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, as of a 2015 Pew Research study, this was the most recent that they had unfortunately because i feel like it would be different now <laughs> slightly um only 28 percent of white evangelicals in the u.s acknowledged that the earth is warming due to human activity compared oh to 50 percent of u.s adults overall um 37 percent of white evangelicals said there's no solid evidence that the earth is getting warmer Oh my god. compared to just 25 percent of adults overall and again like that was in 2015 I think yeah. that those numbers would be even more extreme now. Obviously, Probably. I don't know because they haven't redone the study yet, but um, it seems like they redo it every 10 years because they had mm. a 2005 version also. So hopefully, oh, gotcha. yeah, the 2025 version should be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, like, and I think this kind of goes with what you were saying more about like image keeping than mm. actually caring for the earth but many christians argue in favor of creation care mm. um in other words like just taking care of the earth because god made it and mm. it was entrusted to us which to me like in theory sounds like a good take but i mm. think that you're right that it often is more of an image thing. As long as it's being taken care of. I don't really, like, care where people are coming True. from. <laughs> but yeah. it's just kind True. of at, at odds with my own personal belief about... And also, my own personal belief, which is based on science about humans as a social group, a social mm. primate group. Mm -hmm. Because primates traditionally live in communities. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's so wild. Yeah. The audacity of, like, this primate group to have such an outsized effect on the planet. For real. <laughs> it's so depressing. Any final thoughts on the Christian creation myth? That was all I had on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, this was the myth that I kind of grew up with, even though, like, like I wasn't raised super religious. Like, we had... Yeah. We had Christian inspired beliefs because my family were lapsed Catholics. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like I contributed everything while we were actually talking about the research. But yeah, I think like my general takeaway on how we treat the earth today is like we need to take care of it because we live here. Like mm -hmm. and like I, this is the way that I have thought about, like, my body when it comes to, like, because I haven't always treated my body very well when it comes to mental illness, um, <laughs> is, like, 
my body is important because I live here because it's my home like and like the same way that I take care of my home is like how I think about my body and and I think how I think about the earth as well and this is also why it really bothers me when people are like I really want to move to Mars I'm like no you don't you (laughs) you really don't want to do that I'm gonna stay right here where the oxygen is and you can have fun um (laughs) don't come crying to me yeah we're like (laughs) yeah like i don't really care why people are taking care of the earth as long as they're taking care of it but i feel Mm -hmm. like it's the creation myth has been used to justify so much bad stuff and it's like Mm -hmm. honestly pretty easily debunked yeah um I think the thing that stood out to me most was what you said about the sky just being water to these people and, like, not mm-hmm. re- like God not being like, no, no, it's not water. Like, that really, that was what stood out to me the most. Because, like, yeah, of course God would be like, no, this is actually um, a ribonucleus cloud and, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it's called, ribonucleus is DNA. I mean, uh, cumulonimbus. Um, <laughs> ribonucleus. What's it? Oh, Deoxy. I didn't even notice deoxyribonucleic acid or something why do i remember this i don't know it does sound like something but that's dna i'm, I'm pretty sure so anyways ribbons Rib- yeah it probably is because rna is mm. anyway whatever i truly <laughs> don't know so uh <laughs> yeah i guess like one thing that um I would like to talk a little bit more about with like all these creation myths is Mm -hmm. um, I think that creation myths obviously are focused a lot on the earth and like how the earth came to be. But all of them pretty much mention how people came to be and Mm -hmm. most of them mention how people came to be as like bad as they are. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I'm just wondering, like, and you don't have to answer now, like, we can go through all of them, and then we can talk more about it, but, like, something to keep an eye out for, I guess, is, like, how might, how these creation myths approach humans and humanity inform, like, how you treat other people, too. Yeah, this is, I mean, I have, like, a little bit to say about this, but I'll wait to, like, say my larger takeaway at the end. I was obsessed with Greek and Egyptian mythology as a kid. So I grew up believing that the Christian creation myth was true, but it was like by and far not the only one I absorbed. So I remember specifically Greek, Egyptian, and Norwegian were all like mythologies mm. that I was interested in. And that is something I remember because uh, particularly the Norse gods have like a very different moral system than mm, the Christian gods do. Um, so I'm excited to hear what else you have in your research, but I have thoughts about this that I'll share with you. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of, this is like kind of why I let my episode go in a bigger direction than just environmental, because I think that creation myths can inform so much more. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question that you raised as well. Yeah, so we're just going through... A few different ones, like four different ones. Um, Amazing. Three from, like, the three other major religions in the world. And then mm-hmm. um, one 
from ancient Greece because I just think that it's fun. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, um, I love Greek mythology. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with Islam because that's like the second largest. I almost um, asked you about it earlier because I've never heard it. Yeah, I hadn't either. It was actually like, I'm so, so used to reading the Bible and I'm also so used to the biblical creation story that it was kind of hard actually to wrap my head around a lot of these other ones mm. and even to like figure out how to like research them yeah because I didn't really know how like verses and chapters worked in the Quran like mm-hmm. all of it was so new and unfamiliar to me so it was kind of a fun like challenge to parse out but anyway also apologies if you know better than I do about any of these um, to Probably our listeners only or to the you. Greek one, but yeah. then I'll be able to tell you <laughs> yeah. if anything else happened. <laughs> I was a but Greek yeah, mythology like, apologies. Ho. Yeah, apologies to our um, listeners. If I get anything wrong, please let me know because I am not claiming to be an expert in any of this. Anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, wild. I spent like an hour researching each one. <laughs> and I'm not an expert somehow. Uh, okay. So in the Islam religion, there are three different ideas around how the world was created, according to Quranic scholars. Um, one, God elicited, elicited, <laughs> existed alone in eternity until his command B um Mm. which brought the world into existence this idea is that god neither created the world from himself himself Mm. nor from any pre-existing matter he just spoke it into being interesting the other one or the second one is called emanation um Mm. and that's the idea that all of creation is kind of a ripple effect out from god Mm. uh so this is kind of the idea that like god created everything from himself Mm -hmm. Um, and then all beings are progressively less perfect the further removed they are from god okay and then the third is that god built the world out of primordial aka pre-existing matter that had no beginning um so this is like out of time and the matter like had coexisted with god until he decided to like turn it into something else Anyway, so those are all, like, theories because the Quran doesn't really go into detail about exactly um, what it was. So those are the three interpretations. Mm. But the creation story, um, the first things that God creates are water, the throne, and the footstool. Mm. Um, The throne and the footstool are, like, for God to sit on and put his feet on interesting like i'm like yeah why wouldn't you create yourself a comfy place to sit like you you (laughs) do you that's what i would do (laughs) yeah that's what i do in minecraft (laughs) and then he creates the pen and the preserved tablet and commands the pen to write down the decrees of all things until the hour begins Mm -hmm. um and the preserved tablet excuse me the preserved tablet holds everything that had happened and everything that will happen Oh, wow. Um, That's a lot. So, yeah. 50,000 years later. Just one tablet? Later, yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Must be a huge tablet. Do the pen was working think, on it for 50,000 years. Do you think that the tablet predicted the insurrection on January 6th? 
Well, it says that it had everything that will happen, so yes. It's true. <laughs> Do you think that it predicted the Pope criticizing the Supreme Court for overturning Roe that versus one, Wade? That one I'm less sure about. <laughs> uh, even the preserved tablet might not have been able to foresee that. Yeah. That was the best. I'm so M- glad you told me that. Must have been a big tablet. Yeah. yeah. It was so funny. Okay. <laughs> so Go funny. on. Sorry. Anyway. No, no worries. Uh, so 50,000 years later, um, the pen's been writing this whole time. Mm-hmm. God creates the heavens and the earth initially as one and then parts them and made from water every living thing. Uh, okay. So that's like pretty much the whole creation story. Um, it's very simple. Uh, it does say that creation took God six days like in the Bible. But to mm-hmm. counter the biblical day of rest, the Quran says... We created the heavens and the earth and all that is between them in six days, nor did any sense of weariness touch us. So they're like, (laughs) we weren't tired, though. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you do you. God makes it very clear in the Quran that he gave humans everything we need to survive, um, subjecting the seas and the rain to provide for us, placing mountains and stars to guide us, and putting rivers at our service. Humans are considered a special act of creation in the Quran. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first two humans are Adam and Hua. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that is Eve in Arabic. Mm. Um, Although she's not mentioned by name in the Quran, so that's like more of the traditional name that um, Muslims have given her later. Gotcha. Adam is formed from clay as opposed to from dust, like in the yes. Bible. Um, and Hua is created as a mate for Adam from the same nature and soul, it says. Hmm. Chapter, I thought that this was just an interesting chapter, so I wrote it down. Chapter 49, verse 3 of the Quran says, O humankind, we created you from a single pair of a male and female and made you into nations and tribes so that you may know each other, not that ye may despise each other. Hmm. Verily, the most honored among you in the sight of Allah is he who is the most righteous of you. And Allah has full knowledge and is well acquainted with all things. Um, yeah, I just thought wow. that was kind of nice. That is nice. Yeah. Um... One of the sites I was looking at said that Muslims don't believe in evolution. Um, Okay. But it felt like a very sweeping statement to me. So I looked a little bit more into it. And it seems like in reality, Muslims hold a variety of views on uh, education. (laughs) Probably that too. (laughs) On evolution, (laughs) like Christians do. Yeah. Um, Isn't that crazy how most religions have multiple interpretations of many different issues? Almost yeah, like, wild. Almost like they're comprised of human beings who are who are known <laughs> to do that. Almost. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, God also created the world of the jinn, which, mm. as I understand it, is kind of I like was a parallel world. I was obsessed with this when I was like 12. Were you? I love that. I totally would have been too if I had heard of it. I oh my like, god! I love like, shit like this. Hardcore into jinn, and like I wasn't super aware that they had like Muslim roots. But I was like, I don't know exactly what's drawing me to this, but I need to know. <laughs> and I would like read all these books about jinn, and I think, um, I mean, you can. I'm sure you're going to talk about this, but I think in the Quran, it's like more akin to like Christians' understanding of demons, but 
not quite as like evil um yeah so from what i understood um they're basically it's just like a parallel world and jinn are like humans Mm. but instead of being formed from mud or clay um they were created from a smokeless flame oh yeah so it's just kind of like a more ethereal like version of our world it sounds like i could make a sick D &D game out of this totally please not to not to disrespect islam but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so that is the islamic um creation story in like very brief detail like there's a lot more to it obviously oh i'm sure but um but i just couldn't go into every single detail of all of these it just would take too long (laughs) any thoughts or should i just move on to the next one the only thing that really stood out to me for the islamic creation myth because i feel like this one is a lot simpler than the christian creation myth and i'm sure that Mm -hmm. there's like i'm sure that there's extrapolations and writings on it and things like that but the actual text of the quran seems simpler than the Christian creation myth. Two things struck me. Number one, that it took the pen 50,000 years to write the tablet. Um, Because, first of all, that's still not enough time for evolution to happen. And and secondly, it said before the hour begins, which, like, that stood out to me because I was like, you would need a clock. You would need a sundial. Like, that that strikes me as something. You need a time-telling measure for that to even be a concept that you could think about. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I don't know, like, the exact translation of that. Yeah. So it probably is, like, before time begins or something like that. Yeah, probably, I'm sure. But that's just, like, that was what stood out to me from the translation. I I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was... I thought that was interesting, too, because, like... If the hour has not yet begun, how do you measure 50,000 years? Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, And what is a year? Like, most for most of history, we were operating on a different calendar than the one we operate on now. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, who knows? Unanswered questions, weirdly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure somebody (laughs) knows, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe. Like, we don't know about Islam, but... I don't think anyone knows about the beginning of the universe. Although I do believe in the Big Bang. That tracks to me. Yeah. But it also, like, doesn't not track with, like, creation stories, most of them, to me. True. Oh, I had a question for you, actually, which was in the myth of creation and the Christian myth of creation, where do you think that Noah fits in? In evolution, where would Noah fit in? Because that was a mass extinction event. Yes. So I remember hearing, and I, like, haven't really looked into this since not being a Christian anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, just quickly, because I know I have at least one friend who listens to this podcast who isn't Christian, the myth of Noah um, is a VeggieTales movie that you can rent from your local library. But also, (laughs) the myth of Noah is basically, like, Noah, like, God flooded the earth and uh told noah and his family that like they were the only righteous people on earth and he was gonna take two of every species and like repopulate the earth and make it righteous again because god wasn't pleased with what he was doing which it was like sodom and gomorrah right like that's what he was mad about i don't remember i think so 
Yeah. I didn't go that far into Genesis on this read, but... Um, that's I don't... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. No, but uh, I do remember hearing that there was, like, evidence of, like, a big flood. Mm-hmm. And, like... Well, don't you think that, that could have been the Ice be... Age? Like, coming mm-hmm. out of the Ice Age and the glaciers melting? Yes. That's very true. I had never yeah. thought about it. But, yeah. That makes sense. Wow. I love ancient, like, world <laughs> history. It's so, so interesting. I know that, like, for evangelicals, at least when I was an evangelical, they reconciled it with science by saying that there's evidence that there was a big flood. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, they're not wrong. Okay, so Hinduism. This one's really Ooh, short. I'm um, excited. They have, Hinduism has two popular creation stories. Okay. Um, one is that the primeval one, I love this, by the way. Okay. The primeval one was bored being the only being in the existence and split I, itself. That feels very you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm bored all the time. Yeah. Um, and it split itself to become the material world and all the creatures on it so it could experience a loving and joyful relationship with itself oh i know isn't that so cute yeah it's nice um and then the other one is while lying in an ocean of milk vishnu purana sprung a lotus flower from his belly button that contained the god brahma who then Mm. creates all living beings the universe and other gods and demigods nice vishnu then expanded himself and entered into the entirety of brahma's creation so this is all I really found on Hindu uh, creation stories. I like. I'm sure there's more to them, yeah. but I thought it was interesting that there are like these two like conflicting ones within the same re- religion too. Yeah, that is very interesting. I also my immediate question was if Vishnu was lying in an ocean of milk, where did the cows come from? But- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was something about like. I didn't write this down, but it was something about, like, he was lying on the back of, like, some, like, dragon god. Hmm. Um, turtles all but the yeah, way down. But yeah, I'm like, what? I said it's turtles all the way down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but my first impression of that one was, like, yeah, where did the milk come from? Uh-huh. But... I don't know. I used to blow my mind, um, my own mind, (laughs) in (laughs) elementary school, (laughs) thinking about, like, I remember on, like, a class camping trip in sixth grade, um, asking one of my classmates this, and they just gave me, like, a blank look, but I was like, (laughs) do you ever think about, if God created the world, who created God? Oh, my God. You and I would have been best friends in elementary school. I know. We fully would have. Yeah. That was exactly the kind of thing that I liked to talk about. Oh, my God. No one wanted to talk about it with me. I think they all were just like, you believe in God. That's so weird. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was Santa Cruz. True. But, yeah. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so that's Hinduism. I don't know. Interesting. I really couldn't find much. But, uh. Now on to ancient Greece, which is perhaps the horniest creation story. And Very true. Personally, I don't remember them covering any of this drama in Hercules. <laughs> so <laughs> was surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, okay. So in the beginning, this is like very pared down, by the way. Um, there was just yeah. a lot of incest that I like there initially wrote down. And then I was so like, much. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I don't need to name every single person. So, <laughs> or God. Um, yeah. Anyway, in the beginning was either only chaos who mm-hmm. was a careless God who lived in a void mm-hmm. or Nyx, who was yes. a big bird with dark wings um, chaos either created Nyx or Nyx created chaos, but either way, together they created Erebus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eons of incest later, <laughs> Gaia, uh, aka Mother Earth, was born. And after even more incest, Zeus was born. Yes. Um, Zeus later gave birth to Prometheus and Epimetheus and commanded them to go down to Earth and create humans and animals, respectively, and give them each a gift. Uh But Epimetheus used up all the gifts on the animals before Prometheus was finished making the humans. So as his gift to the humans, Prometheus gave them fire and taught them how to use it. Yeah. Um, But Zeus got really mad about this because fire was only ever meant for the gods so as punishment zeus changed prometheus to a mountain to have his liver pecked out by a vulture every day for eternity um truly a horrifying punishment obviously yeah. i'd heard of prometheus but i forgot like, yeah, what happened to him terrible. yeah um and then later as punishment to humanity um zeus gave pandora Uh a beautiful woman um created by another of his sons uh he gave her the gift of curiosity and a box that he told her never to open Mm -hmm. um when she inevitably opened it she released the evils of pain horror envy and greed into the world before shutting the box um but then later heard the whispers of um, something else in the box and so she opened it and hope escaped into Mm. the world and that is the ancient greek creation myth i was under the impression that prometheus was a titan but i might be wrong about that i don't know Um, i don't think that prometheus was a titan so gaia gave birth to 12 titans yeah, Gaia and Kronos, and Kronos is the sky, and Gaia is the earth. Yes. And then Zeus, they later gave birth to Zeus also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zeus gave birth to Prometheus. But I think that the 12 Titans were on- the only Titans. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, so that is Ancient Greece ancient greek mythology yeah i was obsessed with that <laughs> i love mythology <laughs> um did you have like those books from costco wait which books from costco i can't remember if they had a greek mythology one actually but they were like i had like a pirate one and a dragon oh, one pirateology and dragonology and egyptology yeah. yeah i had dragonology and egyptology from the Scholastic Book Fair. But I had, yeah. I, I had, what I had was Dolaire's Book of Greek Myths, which is like a book of myths for children. 
And then I would read that, and I would also read, like, the encyclopedia entries for the Greek gods over and over, <laughs> and I would, like, I would, like, find all this stuff that. that was, like, inspired by Greek gods, and I would, like, look them up and read on the websites. I was, like, I loved them. I was so into it. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And I had a book of Egyptian mythology, and I would, like, read about Ra and uh, Bastet or whatever her name is. And I was just, like, I love this. Osiris. <laughs> Those books were so fun. I never yeah. had that um, Greek mythology book. I never got super into Greek mythology, actually. Um, but very into dragons and fairies. <laughs> for nice. Sure. Yeah. So next and last, I have Buddhism. Okay. I was interested to see where, where this one is, because this is the one I'm not familiar with at all. Yeah, I was not very familiar or like yeah also not familiar at all i thought i was at least a little bit but <laughs> i was not um so buddhists aren't creationists mm. in other words they don't worship a creator god yeah um so they don't really have a creation myth but i figured i would just kind of walk you through like how buddhism um came to be and okay. i think that that is you know like kind of like a creation myth yeah uh yeah so about 2,500 years ago, a man named Siddhartha Gautama, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, Yeah. so apologies, uh, was born in Nepal to a royal family. He had a privileged upbringing, but was kind of jolted out of his bi- uh, Bible, <laughs> out of his <laughs> bubble um, when he learned the harsh realities of life, uh, old age, sickness, and death. Wow. So he left home to seek truth through meditation, wandering, fasting, etc., but when these things didn't lead him to the truth, he decided to look within himself, trust his intuition, and learn from his own experience. He sat down under a tree and stayed there for 40 days until he finally reached enlightenment. Mm. And that's when Siddhartha gained the title of Buddha, which means one who is awake. Mm. Uh, basically, Buddhism teaches that those who reach enlightenment have freed themselves from greed, hatred, and ignorance, and instead they embody wisdom, compassion, and freedom. Hmm. So for the next 45 years, the Buddha traveled around northern India, sharing his wisdom until he died. He never claimed to be divine or a god or anything. He's just a person who transcended his limitations. And he's now regarded by Buddhists as an ideal human being. Um, as for creation, legend says that the Buddha refused to answer questions about the beginning of the earth. And because Buddhists tend not to focus on questions that can't be answered, it's like not really a big concern for them. God, that sounds so nice. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. Mm. <laughs> like. I wish I could focus on things that um at the end of at the end of 2020 which like basically I'd had essentially like a year of solitary confinement at the end of 2020 I had like the honestly the biggest mental breakdown of my life and I remember like sitting there one evening totally freaking out because I was just like what happens after we die and I was like Victoria (laughs) this is like literally the one question in the entire world that you just will never ever have a satisfying (laughs) answer to and you need to be okay with that and like I, it was just so, like, distressing to me in the moment. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, 
I can't, I can't imagine, like, believing wholeheartedly that I know what happens after we die. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, anyways, that sounds really nice. I should, I should really apply that advice to my own life to only focus on questions that I can answer. Thanks, Buddha. I know, genuinely, like, <laughs> learning about Buddhist teachings, I was like, should I become a Buddhist? No, for real. I have a, I have a couple <laughs> of friends that have so converted nice. to Buddhism, actually. That's um, so nice. Good for yeah. them. It, like, just seems great. I don't it know. Seems... I love that he, like, how he reached enlightenment was just, like, trusting himself and learning from his own experience. Yeah, and I, it seems to me also, like... That's coming from a more pure place because it wasn't necessarily like this is who God wants you to be, but just like this is the ideal human and like how we should strive to be Mm -hmm. like that feels better to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's Buddhism. Um, And that's all the creation stories I have. Wow. Um, obviously there are like thousands more but i just tried to focus on like the biggest world uh-huh. religions like those are the big hitters yeah plus greek mythology because it just is the fun. greek mythology is fun yeah so, so interesting <laughs> yeah um not like a huge like blow your mind episode but it was fun to research and like yeah and i do think about what you asked about like how the different religions talk about how we should treat people as humans and like the point that you made about how all of the creation myths kind of bring up humans and what is good and what is not Mm -hmm. um Because, like, if you think about it from a scientific standpoint, like, humans weren't even around, like, our current species of human was not around until very recently. Yeah. Um, Homo sapiens. And it's interesting to, like, I don't know, it's interesting to think about the creation myths and and how they reconcile with our understanding of morality and culture. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned this a little bit before, but uh, specifically, like, Norse mythology has a really different morality system than, like, christian mythology and honestly Mm. so does greek mythology and so does roman mythology and so does egyptian mythology yeah but like a lot i think about this too because i'm just like an academic person who (laughs) likes to analyze things um is like a lot of religions have like base rules of like you shouldn't murder people and you Mm -hmm. shouldn't steal from people and you shouldn't like um sleep with other people's wives like it's very yeah Yeah, I think about that a lot too that they're all like almost always these overlapping like commandments or rules yeah and what I what I think about a lot is that the rules often are things that enforce a social order and things that and things that ensure that we are like functioning as a community not necessarily like because you shouldn't murder people because that brings down the chance of reproduction and population and ensuring a species like it's pretty rare for members of the same social community to kill each other unless they are competing for something which Mm -hmm. is kind of also what you see in humans humans rarely kill each other for no reason like it's usually money or like abusive men who are like Mm -hmm. yeah we're competing for something we're competing for a social dominance there um 
yeah, yeah that's so interesting I have always kind of thought it was like and I guess because I grew up learning that humans are like primates you know mm-hmm. um and so therefore we're animals but I always thought it was so weird when Christians were like so offended by the idea that we are animals also <laughs> but like we literally we literally are, though. Like We literally are, and we follow so many of the same rules, like, yeah. just because we build destructive things, I guess. It's like... But, like, yeah. a, chimpanzees chimpanzees go to war, like, and they use tools, so... They go to war? I didn't know yeah. that. That's wild. Yeah, chimpanzees have, like, colony wars. Yeah. Wow. Um, chimpanzees are us. Yeah, they just are, look a little different. They're our closest evolutionary relatives um wow but they're different species i think we have the same genus different species could Mm. be wrong um but yeah they they declare war on each other and yeah i don't know it's very like i feel like humans are like really self-important i would love to listen Mm -hmm. to a chimpanzee's podcast though that i will say seriously that would be amazing yeah (laughs) um but yeah that's the episode that's i um, interesting i learned a lot I, and i had a great time yay. reliving I'm my 12 year old hyperfixation. <laughs> yeah um it was hard to like have a like what should we do <laughs> section yeah, that I, I don't know like, yeah i just like kind of threw together a couple like morals of the episode i guess and okay. then a couple just like as a throwback to what my episode was supposed to be, just a couple of like <laughs> environmental organizations that oh, you great. can support. Um, so as for like the morals of this episode, I think they're to remember to be introspective, like look at what you believe, why you believe it. Are you treating people differently because of it? Are you treating the planet differently because of it? And also um, to remember to be empathetic. Like, think about where other people are coming from. If there's something you're having trouble communicating to someone, how far back do you have to go to find common ground? Mm. I think just basically, like, I don't know. We can all always stand to be a little more thoughtful than we used to be. I'm not saying that we always have to be, like, gentle. Yeah. Because not every situation calls for gentleness. But I am saying... (laughs) That almost all of us could give or, like, could benefit from giving the stuff we do a little more thought. Yeah. So those are my moral lessons for you. Those are good moral lessons. I agree. (laughs) Co-signed. Awesome. That's good to hear. Then here are some environmental organizations uh, just for fun. Yay. Always good. Uh, So the NAACP is not, like, obviously exclusively an environmental organization. Mm -hmm. They do a bunch of important work in a lot of areas, but one of those areas is environmental and climate justice. Nice. Um, Climate change disproportionately affects communities of color and low-income communities around the world, so you really can't address climate change effectively without addressing racism. And Mm -hmm. the NAACP... uh, does address racism obviously so yeah uh yeah so i think that they're you know doing some really 
often overlooked work in the environmental sphere. Yeah, definitely. Um, Another one is Project Drawdown, which is working to help the world reach drawdown, which is the point at which levels of greenhouse gases stop climbing and start dropping. Hmm. Um, From what I could gather, they seem to be mainly focused on research, so less like action, um, but research is important too. Um, They have a growing list of hundreds of solutions that they've calculated the environmental effects of in different scenarios super interesting to look at if you're interested in that Mm. um and then lastly the climate science legal defense fund is working to combat the war on science by providing free legal advice and education to scientists who are being threatened because of their work or findings which is a lot of scientists because generally climate change findings um go against uh, some of the greediest people's um, yeah. desires. So, have you ever gotten an ad from like Exxon Mobil that's like, we're work like we're committed to like bringing carbon emissions down? And I'm like, sure, Exxon Mobil, sure you are. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's laughable. Yeah, if it wasn't um, our planet dying anyway, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> The Climate Science Legal Defense Fund is also the only group of their kind in the U.S., according oh, to them. Anyway. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah, so those are just a few, but there are literally thousands. So if none of those like are exciting to you, but you still <laughs> want to like get into something, um, I honestly don't think you can go wrong finding a local group that is working to make a difference in your community. One thing I will say to look out for um, is that whatever group you, like, support, donate to, join, um, is not a single-issue organization. Mm. Um, Like, one that's just trying to ban plastic straws or something, because climate change is (laughs) so much more complex than that, so. Um, Can I add something here? Yes. So... Your local library probably has a pollinator program. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's pretty easy to start a pollinator garden. So if you want to attract pollinators, you should look at the library or like your gardening club. Because that's really important. And also then you get butterflies. And I read about this guy who like single-handedly saved a butterfly species by like planting a milkweed garden. Um yeah That's and so like nice. isn't it and like you could do that isn't that so nice yeah anyways i wanted i wanted to talk about that because that's what you reminded me of nice yeah love the that. new york library definitely has a pollinator program but my definitely. apartment doesn't get any direct sunlight um if you'd like to support the pod you can follow us twitter and instagram at impure rethought email us impure at gmail.com or you can join the discord server Link is in the show notes. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can give us a rating and you can follow us if you want. And if you don't want to do any of that, then you don't have to. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed. May May your thoughts thoughts stay dirty. dirty. Bye. (laughs) Bye.